Ba-da, ba-ba-da. What's up? Hey, how, how's it going? Welcome back to another episode of the Cosmic Coffee Shop. Yeah, good day. Glad to, glad to see you here. I hope the weather is nice where you are. The weather is mm-hmm. very nice here. It's oh, very man, it's fantastic. Sunny and pretty. Finally. Oh, my God. Yeah. This whole week was wild. It was the most North Carolina weather I've ever I've ever seen. We had the traditional fall spring and then Uh out of nowhere it was twenty degrees. Right, right. We had Um, second winter and then like third winter. The the three day second winter and now Uh it's like there's bees again. Yeah. We're back in the bee weather. So I think I think the spring's here to stay. I like the two weeks of of the spring where the bees are like, no, not yet. And so you get to experience spring (laughs) sans bees. Um, now we're back in bees. Bees time. Time for bees. You know what's great, Georgia? What? Is that I had a different fact lined up and I'm sure I'll use it. For something else, but <laughs> talking about bees, it really reminds me of the conversation we just had and how <laughs> dumb I feel. But I did learn something. I learned something in the conversation. So I don't know what it says about me, but uh, you know, little tiny bees, small bees, otherwise known as uh, sweat bees. Are you ready for me to blow your mind before you say your misunderstanding? They're not actually bees. I, d- I don't think they're in the bee family at all. They're just bugs. <laughs> carry on, carry on. My life is a lie. <laughs> I used to, so I, I read uh, Sweat Bees the first time because I looked them up. I was like, what are these like tinier bees? Yeah, and, these little guys. And I was like, huh, sweet bees. Oh, that's pretty cute. <laughs> that's nice. This surely would not sting me because it's sweet. <laughs> oh my God. Turns out yeah. they're uh, called Sweat Bees. And they will get you. They will they bite will you. They will bite you and they mm-hmm. feed off of like your... I don't know if they eat your sweat or not, but I was always told they were attracted to your sweat, mm-hmm, which is why mm-hmm. they would come at you when you were playing outside as a kid. Interesting. Um, I don't know how much validity that holds. You know what? Maybe they just want, like, human flesh. Maybe that's Maybe. what it is. And they're just too small. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think... They're just so, they can only eat one bite at a time, so they're not really making much progress. But, wow, I have learned just so much. Like, so <laughs> my much. mind has been blown already. It is, it's incredible. Like, well, uh, twenty minutes beyond beyond what uh, you've learned from me telling right, you you right, were right. saying something wrong. What what else have you learned this week? So this week, uh, I, I well, I had heard this before. <laughs> I wanted to fact check to make sure, and I did. Um, so it turns out, plants, while they don't have pain receptors when they are harmed in any way, say you're cutting the grass or something, uh, they do let out a very high frequency uh, scream. It's, I thought it was a smell. Wasn't it like a, isn't it like a pheromone? It, it is. It lets out a pheromone, but it also, like, there is a high-pitched noise that some animals can hear, but mm-hmm. also uh, using the right equipment. Um, I don't know exactly what the hertz was away mm-hmm. from the mic, but it was about, like, the mic was about, like, three inches away from the mm-hmm. plants. And it could pick up, like, this really high-frequency, like... <laughs> do you think that they're... That, do you think that they scream for each other? To know because they can't move. Right, they can't or move. Or do they scream for the animals that utilize that biology I, to get out of the way? My theory behind it would be that they they scream for other plants. Because, yes, you're right, they can't move, but at least they know, like, the distance away. But I think other animals are probably adapted to use that. Mm, that's true. And say, oh, oh, the plants are screaming, probably should run. Yeah, I should probably do that. It's, it's that old grass scream again. <laughs> Time for me to skedaddle. Exactly. Um, that's a totally unrelated it's... unrelated fact. Have you seen the, um, oh my God, the groundhog that lives on your street? He lives on my street? Yeah, it's huge. It looks like a beagle. Whoa. It is the biggest rodent I've ever seen in my life. I, you know, I've seen, I've seen 
groundhogs around. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's the specific one, like the one every, on the I, way I up see to the it, driveway. Yeah, I see it on the way up to the driveway probably four or five times wow. a week, like when, when I come over here. Interesting. Um, and he's enormous, and every time I see that, I go, oh, a beaver. And then it turns around and I go, no, that's a groundhog. That's a huge groundhog. It's just a big old rat. Yeah, it looks it looks like uh, Punxsutawney Phil. Punxsutawney Phil, the groundhog that does Groundhog Day? I did not know that. That's really? the name? You didn't know that? I know that there was a groundhog that did Groundhog Day. Yeah, I didn't the groundhog know that was a that specific groundhog. groundhog Day is Punxsutawney Phil. He's always huge. Um, and I thought for my life that he was just really old, but they just replace him. Oh, that makes sense. Um, so there's a lot of Puxitani fills. Um, <laughs> but that's the groundhog that sees its shadow. It just goes, replaces ah, it. Spring, I guess. Oh my god, that's yeah. A, they couldn't just like make a new name. No, 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 no. They, and they're not like sequential. It's not. It's like Puxitani Phil the seventeenth. No, they're right. like this has always been. Puxatani Phil? Right. And this will, will always, always be, be Puxatani Phil. He and that's will it. not die. He will outlive yeah. us all. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they live like 20 years. Um, <laughs> but they've been around for a while. Like the, the tradition of Groundhog Day is not uh-huh. new. Uh-huh, and no. it's not the same Groundhog. <laughs> There's no way it can There's be. No way. Um, <laughs> Though but, I wish. Yeah. But if, if you haven't seen a Groundhog in the wild recently, keep your eyes peeled because they're so much bigger than you think. Yeah. That's, that's funny. Yeah. I, you know, come to think of it. I've seen a lot of beavers around here. Have <laughs> but you? Now, that's what I was about to say. Ha- or have you just seen the groundhog looking at you face on and you didn't know the difference because you thought they were smaller than they are? Like I me. I think that's what it is because I've seen like too many, like on the roads around yeah. here as well. I'm like, there's you, so many beavers. You go, man, that must be a beaver, right? And it isn't. There's just so few dams around here though. That's my thing. I think that there are, like there's definitely beavers yeah. in, in the Tuckasegee River. Oh, 100%. Like for sure. But they're they're different looking they're like they've got darker colors they've got really big teeth and they have a humongous tail right i was gonna say those those big old tails that like okay wait aren't platypi like a mix of different animals like they got the duck bill they got the is it a beaver tail yeah we can we can perceive that they're a mix of animals but we don't think that that happened through i don't think i don't think it happened through crossbreeding god no No. they just have very (laughs) similar they have they have a similar tail to a beaver God, that's so funny. That that is actually um, convergent evolution. I um I've been taking an anthropology class. We're just doing all the facts today, huh? I guess so. Not like we need to record two intros today or anything. No, no need to save them. <laughs> uh, you know what? Next time. <laughs> and on our next episode, which we'll be filming in 20 minutes, 20 minutes. Uh, you can hear the fact Cody was going to say. Yep, that's um, what's going to happen. But but to you, it'll now be like a week. Now it's my turn. Now okay. it's my yes, turn. Yes, yes, give me the facts. Vegetables aren't real. That doesn't sound like a fact. Vegetables are not real. <laughs> and let me tell you why. Um, okay, what what is a tomato? Um, a tomato is a fruit. Yes, correct. Why? Because it has seeds. Right. So, what's a cucumber? Well, Veggie Tales has always led me to believe that a cucumber is a vegetable, but a cucumber also has seeds. Mm-hmm. So, what does that make it? Well, a fruit, I guess. Correct. And you can say the same of squash and eggplant. Um, what about like what about zucchini? Like, um, oh, what's that really good one? You dip in, you dip in like ranch. Oh, a carrot? No, not a carrot. A, well, a carrot. Well, a carrot, yeah. A carrot's a root. As is a radish. A radish. Um, they're green. Wow. Broccoli? No, not broccoli. How am I not thinking of this? One celery. Celery. Celery is a stem. Celery is a stem. There is no actual biological definition of a vegetable. It's about taste. So a tomato is both a vegetable and a fruit because it's a savory uh, 
production of a plant. And so when we think of like what a fruit actually is, like the category of fruit is, is more biological. It has a seed in it. And if you planted it, it would likely grow into the plant that produced it. It's the production after the flower. Whoa. But that's not true of vegetables. Vegetables can include a lot of different biological yeah. processes, including things that grow as roots, things that are stems, things that are flowers. Those are all vegetables. Oh, my God. Um, and things that are seeds. That's a different category. An onion is a root. I... An onion is a root. Cool. Um, well, an onion potato. is a bulb. Potato is not a vegetable. It's a starch. Um, <laughs> but it's a vine plant, technically, because the vine goes under the ground. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, God, this is my... I'm learning so much today, and my mind is blown, yeah. and so, everything's so, alive. So vegetables societally exist, um, but they don't really have a strong biological category, mm. um, which is similar to, like, fish don't exist either. Um, right, because, right. Because, like, that was uh, the book I talked about reading last week. Um, fish also don't exist because uh, evolutionarily they fit into too many other categories. God, that's so, that's really yeah. cool. So, so they just have their own, like, subcategory, like vegetables, where it's just, like, not a real official thing. Well, they kind of don't because, like, things were classified by what they looked like. Uh-huh. So, like, fish all look like fish. Right, right. Until you, like, look too closely and then you're like, yeah, that doesn't uh, actually look like a fish. What right. the, What is that? That's an eel? What is that? <laughs> you can't look at an electric eel and go, oh, a fish. You know what an electric eel is, though? A fish. It's categorized as a fish. What about, like, a stingray? Is it uh, categorized as a fish? Whoa. But then you go, okay, fish and anch- uh, uh, stingray and anchovies, not the same. No. Not not that similar. Very different. Um, biologically, also not that similar. Mm-hmm. Isn't that mm-hmm. crazy? That's, um, stingrays are just like sea puppies. Yeah. It's but not the same. Because <laughs> things got invented, like things got named before uh-huh, we had uh-huh. all the biological process that we have now to figure out what something is composed of. We have a lot of things that fit into categories that they shouldn't. Like the fact that maple trees are more genetically similar to sunflowers than pine trees, but we don't consider a maple tree a flower. Right. Because we've used the visual category more than the genetic category because the genetic category was not available. Right. But now that we're learning so much more about it, it's it's really opening up a lot of different, like, things that you, you, you would never even think about right because yeah. like you look at a tree and you're like oh that is a tree not a very large flower yeah of course like because we have a, a definition for what a tree is a tree is a very tall uh thing which has bark it's got like a it's stem i guess but it's mm-hmm. very solid wood yeah, fibrous fibrous indeed D- dense fibrous and wood trunk whereas a flower kinda... would be like kind of a like not fibrous trunk but um just a plant is <laughs> yeah i know um <laughs> cody just accidentally made a very crude gesture but i, I, like, I was like yeah no this is the trunk right yeah no, no. um anyway <laughs> all that aside um well yes that's true yeah but yeah. then say you look at a young tree uh-huh and it has the same characteristics as a flower. Right. They both have a complex root system. Uh-huh. They both uptake water the same way. Um, so then there's, like, the additional layer of that, which is, like, okay, well, we can follow their genetic evolutionary track. Like, how did they get to what they are now? Right. Um, and that's kind of how that happens. That's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Trees are flowers. Fish aren't real. Vegetables Bullshit. V- vegetables, real contextually, but like, <laughs> yeah. if if your fun fact at a party is 
if if you get annoyed by the fun fact, well, like, oh, tomatoes aren't actually a vegetable, you can just like like hit them with the hot one too. Of vegetables aren't actually real. <laughs> Define a vegetable. You can't. Um, so, you know. Really show them up at that Really party. show them. I, as you can tell, I have immaculate social skills. <laughs> <laughs> I had tons of friends in the sixth grade. Oh, that's, yeah. God. So, <laughs> what a mood. Anyway, uh, yeah, let's get, let's, let's get into the episode. Let's get into the episode. <laughs> let's go I'll for see it. you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Hey, what's up? How was How's that 10-second intro, eh? That music was great, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. It's the same mm-hmm. song. We're, we're working on getting a, uh, yeah. little, a little themey vibe going, but we haven't gotten there yet. It's okay. One step at a time. One step at a time. One day at a time. Yeah, yeah. and such. Uh, and um, such. Today, <laughs> today we are here with our wonderful friend and guest, Connor Knock. Hello. How is it going, Connor? How are you? Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm doing great, Georgia. How about yourself? I'm doing well. We Connor and I just had a great, um, like tin cans on the end of a piece of string like moment, um, where so we're in a Zoom right now for COVID safety, and then Connor was like, "Oh yeah, my mic's not gonna work," and I was like, oh, "I have a mic in my closet," and I ran across the street because Connor's my neighbor and gave him the mic and then <laughs> ran back over and we got back on the Zoom. It was like, "Oh hey, good to see." You. But yeah, hi Connor. Hey, I, I we're really happy to have you here today. I'm very happy to be here today, uh, Dakota in Georgia. Dakota? Thank you. Dakota. That is what my bullies called me in high school. Oh. But now I've made the best. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. I think it's funny now. But yeah, Connor, on, on this show, we have a plethora of questions we like to ask our interviewees. Oh, yes. Most of which arise in the conversation. But but yes. the first one we like to start out with is a fairly easy one just to get us started. Who are you? You know? Easy. Easy, he says. No, super we like easy. we like to start it off without too much stress. You know, uh-huh, just uh-huh. search your soul and and let everyone know who you are. Who am I? Who am I deep down? However you want to answer the question is fine. Then that applies to all the questions. Ah, uh, I I am a man of principles. I, I've learned how to do things at a very young age, and I and I you have to do things a very certain way, and it just makes sense for me to keep doing those things even into today. Uh, and it has worked out. If things have things have still been working for me by following all those principles that I that I learned mm-hmm. when I was young. So I, I just I stick to them. I stick to my guns very much. So I'm not stubborn though. I, if something if something comes up, I learn some new information that maybe a new way or a better way of doing things. I will mm-hmm. go for that. But I just uh, I keep a lot of core values that yeah. are very important. What are what are some of those core values? Uh, a friend in need is is always going to take priority. Mm-hmm. Things, mm-hmm. things like that, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. If someone needs help, you gotta help them. Uh, open the door for women. Open the door for anyone, really. Just hold the doors open. Try to be polite as much as you can. Please yeah. and thank you are mm-hmm. huge. Things like that. Typically, it's it's just kind of a. I'm like a plinko machine. A what? Plinko machine. It's like that Japanese game oh. where you have to. Ju- yeah, it's on Price Is Right, right. too. Like they, they, you drop a you drop a little puck uh, down or like mm-hmm. a little ball. And it falls yeah. on all these pegs and it lands in a specific right. place. And it's just, the, the pegs are like the different okay. principles I adhere to. So it just, it, the peck, the puck will fall based on however I'm supposed to handle things. And it's just, everything's going to fall into its place yeah. the way it should. That That's that's the what way What from your life has built those principles for you? Like, where do those come from? Uh, just years of church, man. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Church uh, and uh, my mom and my dad, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father taught me a lot of ways to do things and he really like you know i have asperger syndrome so he coached me 
on uh, on the the proper way of doing things and how how most people do things. I got to learn and observe those things and then apply them to my own life personally. I hope this is making sense because I feel yeah. I mean, I like I as a fellow person on the spectrum, I under I I've never thought of my routines as principles in my in my. I like think it's really interesting that you think that you like apply that like as as principles like things that like these like pegs in your life that you've learned. Mm-hmm. I have like more my, all mine are much weirder because like i didn't go to school so i didn't learn like how to fit in as well i just kind of like figured that out through trial and error so like the, the difference between you and i as someone who was taught and someone who just kind of like figured it out is really interesting yeah hey georgia if it's any consolation i did go to school and i also didn't learn how to fit in well so <laughs> i don't think i don't think anyone does like like yeah. how, how no. do you learn how to fit in i just had this thought today about my collegiate experience yeah yeah about it's... about fitting in I really don't feel like I belong to a group in college. I feel like I'm yeah. very much a floater. I kind of oscillate between like, oh, there's the boys. Like they, they grew up, they, they're like the freshman year friends. Mm-hmm. And there's all the acting friends. And then there's all my acquaintances and stage and screen and things like that. So it's a... Uh... That's fascinating. I was just talking to a friend like two days ago about how I feel the exact same way about how I interact with social groups. Where I will have like a core group that I love very much but I always end up kind of like floating and bouncing between groups. And it for a long time made me feel like really isolated and alone. Mm -hmm. But through quarantine, I've like come to kind of miss it. I've come to miss having like that space to kind of like bounce to another group of people. Cause I I love them all equally. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's kind of nice. (laughs) When you're just stuck with one group for an entire year, it can just be a lot. Yeah. I I love the people that I'm around. Um, but it, it's definitely, like, like that kind of, like, level of, like, variety. It's, like, whenever I get too confused by a group of people I see really frequently, I mm-hmm. can just go to another group and be like, yeah, it's normal for me to be confused here. I haven't been here in a while. And then once that wears <laughs> off, I go somewhere else. You just always want to stay in a constant state of confusion is what yeah, I hear. because, like, apparently I was born into that. Like, I tend to be pretty <clears throat> confused all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm really interested that, that you feel the same way about social situations, Connor. Yeah, I just I need to have like you need to have a buffer zone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What do you define as a buffer zone? Well, got a friend I spent a lot of time with last semester. It's because of COVID, everyone's spending a lot of time with like their main friends. It mm-hmm. seems, which also is kind of bizarre because now it feels like we're putting labels or, or placings on our friends. Like you right. know, who, who's who are the yeah. first couple of people we're gonna hang out with, and who are the secondary couple of people, and that's. I've never really considered it that way. I just, I yeah. think if you're my friend, you're my friend. Like I said, friendship right. first. I don't like to pick favorite. Yeah, I feel like that's a healthier way to view it, honestly, than just having in your mind your friends and like your group of friends and then your acquaintances. I, I really struggle with that at the beginning of, of quarantine, mm-hmm. like over the summer, uh, because I was I was living alone. And so it was, it was like, oh my gosh, like, like I could never choose between these people. And what was really easy for me is that I live with multiple people. So I was just like, oh, easy. People live in my house. Is That's my quarantine. I'm just not even going to branch outside of that. Right. But if I'd had to sit down and choose between my friends, like I I would just have been alone. There's I couldn't have possibly done that. I don't like picking favorites. I don't, I don't like... Uh, it's 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 not Sophie's choice. I don't mean to be dramatic. <laughs> but I will say, it's it, it does make you have to choose on something you should never have to choose. Right. Oh, yeah. Because like, what, what other situation in our lives have we ever had to sit down? Besides like high school politics sit down mm-hmm. and go and like oh yeah this is oh, the group yes. i want to spend 100 percent of my time with and never branch outside of this right this is not really how life works you so you've mentioned just now that you don't like to pick favorites but now i ask an actually simple and calm question which is what's your favorite piece of media that you've ever consumed 
I thought you were going to say, who's your favorite friend? I was like, oh. <laughs> favorite friend, Connor Knox. Choose right Obviously, now. Obviously, Georgia If it's not Georgia one Rickard. of us, I'm coming across the street. Ow, <laughs> Connor. Ow. I see. I see how it is, man. Connor Whatever. Friends, Connor and I have been friends since very early in my college journey. We walked into a class wearing the same shirt and became friends. Like, oh, yes. End of, end of story. <laughs> We were like, oh, yep, that's, that's amazing. a good reason. Friends. I mean, honestly, like, I don't know, I don't know what else I would have expected, but that like mm-hmm. tops it. I think we're a funny pairing of friends in public because there's like a two foot height difference between us. <laughs> yeah, um, but we have very similar energies, so it's mm-hmm. just like ah. it's like it's like the big dog and the little dog. Oh yeah. Except I have the personality of the little dog, <laughs> <laughs> and Georgia. Also, sometimes has the personality of a little dog. I'm either a Chihuahua or a Saint Bernard, and there's no in between. Exactly. You're never exactly. gonna you get are, like you... a cool pit bull out of me. I like to think too. I'm a golden retriever. I think you got strong. We've talked about husky we've talked about husky for sure. For you. I've got I've got those moments where I just like am elusive. Elusive's yeah. not the right word. Just yeah. sad, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Connor, I I acknowledge that you could be a little dog, but I feel like. I, yeah. Part of your soul is connected to being a cat. That's, uh, I am definitely, I'm a huge cat person. and I totally am like a cat mm-hmm. at soul. But like my friend Mike, the way, my friend Michael uh, in our high school, like musical superlatives that we did. It was, I was, I, I did like the spotlight for this musical. Um, I didn't audition for it. I should have. I wish I did. But uh, I did spotlight for this thing. And then like my friend Mike was in the band uh, for the for the for the musical, and then like we had the senior night, and we gave the senior roses out, and then Mike gave like a speech, and he was like, "Connor is like a giant dog who thinks he's a lap dog, but doesn't <laughs> is, has no awareness of his size at all." Because I'm six foot five uh-huh. for those listening at uh-huh. home. Mm-hmm. He just says, "Yeah, he just he'll run over to you, he'll tackle you, he'll like <laughs> cause an earthquake, he'll he'll like set off the alarms to park cars." Yes. Wagon <laughs> the, the, the fateful day when I told Connor that I didn't care for hugs, you were like briefly crushed, but then every other time that you gave me a hug, you would ask to give me a hug and then give me like the biggest hug of all time. <laughs> so we got oh, yes. like callbacks for our first like set of, of main stage shows, which is a big deal when you were a freshman. Mm-hmm. Mousetrap! <laughs> yeah. And I got a callback for a lead and we run up to and say like, congratulations. And... Connor, Connor goes to like give me a big hug and he goes like oh I'm sorry can I give you a hug and I was like yeah uh, and then he like picks me up off of the ground in front of the chilies and like does like several large spins and I was like this was not what I thought was going to happen with a hug <laughs> it was incredible it was great but I, I find it to be very funny and that definitely has the the big dog who wants to mm-hmm. like be a lap dog energy so I'm very loud I'm a very loud person <laughs> um, well to answer your question uh, 30 years ago Georgia mm-hmm. uh, my favorite piece of media I don't know I don't know what it is. Um, end of answer. Thirty years ago, and, uh, my no, favorite that's not, piece I don't of media. I I've got a bunch of movie posters in my room. I really like movies. Uh, this is why this is why I chose acting. I, if I had to pick a favorite, I, like it just you know, if I had to pick uh-huh. favorites, probably La La Land. Really? Yeah. I've seen that. I've seen that like thirteen that times. Wow. And I've cried deeply each time. What do you like about La La Land? Yeah. Uh it's it's so relatable. It's very enjoyable. I like musicals. I do. I'm gonna, I'm just I'm not scared Hell to say. Hell yeah. It. Good. Good. But I will say. <laughs> but I will say holy smokes, do they get tiring? Uh yeah. For sure. Yeah. Cuz I feel like when you watch when you watch a musical, it's like um 
you, you get through the first couple songs like yes yeah, fun's cool and then you get to the second act you're like okay let's wrap it up guys let's As let's knock it out because i'm thinking and, I, 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 and it's just it gets to be a lot <laughs> As someone, Georgia, go ahead. I, I was saying, as someone who performs in a lot of musicals, I have to concur with you. Absolutely. By the second act, you are also going, yeah, this has been fun. Let's, Let's wrap, it, wrap up. it up. Let's tie up these loose ends. There's, My feet are sore. There's nothing like sitting there singing the finale and just like feeling the relief on a closing night where you're just like, oh my yeah. God, this is it. This is all I have to I do. Always, I always cry at the closings of shows. Uh-huh. And part of me is like, it's because I get emotional. And the other part of me is like, it's because you're tired. It's because you're and you tired. need a snack. Yeah. <laughs> you're just tired. No, that's absolutely true. I, I do cry a lot. I cry in a lot of shows, though. I cry in a lot of movies. I, um, you know, I've got like a top five. Boys in the Hood is also a favorite of mine. I cry in that movie. Um, there was, I watched a movie recently. It was like an action flick. I have no, I don't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. But I think I cried at the end of that one. Wow. Good. Yes. It was. It wasn't like a John Wick thing, but still, you know, I, I, I do cry a lot. I like. I like to cry. Do you I think feel it's... like you're an emotional person in life in general, or just with media that you enjoy? I I feel like I'm a very emotional person mm-hmm. that has become increasingly more and more dry, and I'm trying to get back to that mm-hmm. raw emotional state of my seven year old self. <laughs> yeah. I no, guess. I, I no, I totally I feel, just, uh... I feel that. Before I came to college, I was really like, I was all cried out. Like, I had nothing left. I was just like, it had been a really hard year, and I was ready to go to college, and I was just like, I, I couldn't cry ever. Um, and then in the past, like, year or so, I became, ve- like, very emotional. Like, I got, like, all my feelings back. And now I think I need to tone it back a little bit. I'll, I'll cry at anything. Anytime I feel pr- proud of anyone. I immediately start crying. Whoa. We're going through like senior performances right now uh, in our major, and every time I see any of my friends do anything, I immediately cry. I, I'm done for. I cry every time I see like a picture of a kid that's cute. I got no, oh like, my I, god! What is this? Where does this come from? Dogs? I'm gonna cry about it. That <laughs> oh, art yes. I like, I'm gonna cry about it. <laughs> Cody, what makes you cry? Uh... <laughs> I'm asking the questions now. It's Good. All right, podcast. what makes me cry? Depression. <laughs> uh, oh depression's, depression's the one thing that doesn't make me cry. I'll get depressed and I'll be like, I'm gonna like lay in my bed, I guess. I'll, but I, no, like, see, I but it'll make me cry because I feel bad about it, and then I get guilty because mm-hmm. of it, and then I like j- just all those negative feelings. Um, but no, there's yeah, a lot I'll that makes you. me cry. I mean, like, I agree, Connor. Getting a little bit dry, I've definitely felt that. Not as much recently. More recently, I've become more and more emotional in everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a while there, I was just kind of like numb to it. And so mm-hmm. getting back to it is very nice. I, I cry now a lot more in media. Um, mm-hmm. And just oh, like, yes. whenever it comes to anything to do with my friends, like if they're hurting, like I'm hurting and it it sucks. I mean, it doesn't, mm-hmm. like, I want to be there for them. But also that'll that'll make me lose it for sure. Yeah. I think that dryness that we end up feeling sometimes is like, it's almost like a self, a natural self-protection that we mm-hmm. have as people, um, where, where you realize like, oh, this is going to be a lot. And so yeah. you start to close off. And then as things get better, you end up feeling like, oh, well, I'm not getting the, the, the catharsis that I need. I'm not right. feeling what I need to feel. And then the little things in life start to get to you as a way to like introduce that catharsis back into your life mm-hmm. before you can reach like a stasis again. 
Um, but that shell can be really hard to break out of, but I think it's there to protect in a way. I, I agree. Have you ever gotten to a place where you just kind of get numb to things? Yes. And it's just like, oh, yes. it's just easier to shut down than to deal yeah. with things. It's tough. That is when I, yes. does anyone else have their go-to cry scenes from a movie to keep you from feeling that way? Whenever, so whenever I feel that way, I'm like, this is awful. Mm. I can't stand, I can't stand that I can't feel anything. It's awful. I have three movie scenes. I have the montage from Up oh. when the wife dies. Yeah. Oh I have gosh. the bing bong dying from Inside Out. Oh, that's a tough one. And then the entire movie of About Time, which is an incredible movie. Wait. Okay. I want, I have wanted, wanted to see that for so many years now. It's that's on where they, Netflix. It's so good. I've not seen it. It's on Netflix. Yeah. It. What, what is this movie and what's it about? Cody, if, oh if you're goodness. feeling just any kind of sad right now, uh-huh. go watch About Time after we're done with this podcast. It is a movie about the ups and downs of life, about how things are never going to be perfect, but they're always worth it. It's about like, enjoying your life day by day. Oh, no. It makes me cry on sight. Son of a bitch. Georgia, cry on sight. Georgia, here's the issue. It. Like, you know, you know that after this, I'm about to go write an entire exam paper. But here's the thing. You've just told me about this movie. You should do them at the same time and see what happens. I, it's a social You know experiment. that's what I'm going to be doing. Either that or I'm just going to stay up tonight and watch it because, wow, that sounds so worth it. I want that catharsis. It's a great movie. I, you know, Go ahead, Connor. Well, Connor, do you have like things like that for you? Or is I, that just a me? I know. Well, I, have, I can't make a comment about about, about time. Oh, um, going back to the question you asked me earlier about like who are you, um, I, I'm very idiosyncratic. I'm like Larry David. Great word. If you guys have, that makes the ever seen, make sense. <laughs> yeah, curb enthusiasm. Back to the question of, of who are you? I mean, I'm very idiosyncratic. So you know that movie about time, the way you described it. And I've seen the trailer for it when it came out. I was really excited. And it's like, oh, you get to go and like he, you go into a closet. I know what it's about. Like he goes into a closet. Oh, Cody does. He's trying to impress this. You can know. Oh, you am can, I not you supposed say, to I'm say gonna it? Take the Cody, take off. your headphones off. Cody, take your headphones off. Okay. This is in the trailer. This is a spoiler alert for the movie About Time. If yeah. you haven't seen Great it, it came it's out. It's been out for years. 2013. It's been out for eight years, I believe. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to check that. I'm, I'm pulling it up. Okay. You're going to check that. What? 2013. Well I was right. done. I am an expert at that. Anyways. Agreed. So the spoiler alert. All right. So um, the movie is about a, a guy who finds out he can time travel, so he goes. Uh, he also go into a closet to impress this girl, and that really appealed to me because I played Pokemon a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. And what you can do in Pokemon is you can save the game and then go into like this big boss fight. And then if you lose, you could turn the game off and just go right back into the boss fight from wherever you started from again. Exactly. Chico. And so that's one of those like formative things for me. Like I said, the principles that's always been there is I always need to do everything right. And that, I think that's really going to appeal to me of like learn watching that movie and maybe learning how to let go of those things. That is exactly of, what um, that movie is for. It's so good. Making mistakes. Yeah. Cause I've been told by many people many times that I need to let myself make mistakes so I can actually learn from them. Yeah. If I just spent, I spend more time avoiding mistakes than I do actually making them. They're great to um, make. You know, if, if, they don't, if they don't cause lasting harm, and it's really hard to tell if they're going to, but and they, they, they frequently don't. Um, most oh, of the yes. time, they, they're completely harmless, and the existence of those mistakes is so important. Mistakes are huge. Um, we're talking about making mistakes and how they're good for you. Oh, my God. Almost definitely. Ooh, we could talk forever. It's good to make mistakes. It's good to make mistakes. It, it's hard to make mistakes and then it is. own up to them, you know? But I 
I think most of the mistakes that I've made in my life have been so self-directed. Mm-hmm. They've just been at me. Right. You know? Like, they, they, they really never went beyond my sphere. Um, and, like, that they're, that made me more comfortable with fixing them. I was, I was like, this this doesn't hurt anybody, so right. it's my, but it's my responsibility to fix it because it only affects me. Mm-hmm. You know? Nobody else can touch this. It's just mine. Um, which is tough with mistakes. For sure. I mean, I no, I definitely know that I've I've hurt people's feelings and made friends angry at me and everything. Like, there's definitely been times in my life where I fought with people, but yeah, we fought. Oh, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. There comes a point where you can either sit there and deny and deny and deny that you've ever done anything wrong, which eventually mm-hmm. just leads to self obsession and narcissism, or mm-hmm. you can except that you're not perfect like whoop-de-doo yeah. people aren't perfect what yeah it's like what we talked about last week of, of holding yourself accountable exactly for anything there's like there's there's that's, that applies to anything exactly i i also want to add in yeah. don't hold def, definitely hold yourself accountable because uh, that's that's yeah. all i ever do i'm i'm on the opposite end of the narcissism spectrum uh, i like to think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, there's, there's people who they never own up to their mistakes they never they never say they did anything wrong mm-hmm. It's always on other people. I'm one of the people I like, I, or I think, I mean, I don't know if other people see me this way. I'm one of those people who will, if I make a mistake, I will just be so hard and down on myself about it. Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's, you have to find the fine line of, of um, you make a mistake, own up to it. Don't make the same mistake twice and just, just move right. on from it. The biggest thing about mistakes is just to move away from it. Mm-hmm. How do you go about letting go of mistakes now? How do you keep from like beating yourself up now? How do I keep, I, uh, I'm working on it. That's, that's, yeah. that's honestly, this is one of those, this is a thing. I, uh, I've, I've started seeing a therapist. Oh, that's awesome, um, yeah. Go therapy. Just this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if my, my dad, my dad said he wanted to listen to this. Dad, I, I, I lied to you and I'm sorry. One of the things, uh, the, this is, this is an example of me uh, breaking a principle. I don't feel good about this at all. I, I told my father, my dad asked, have you seen a therapist, seen a therapist? Like, yeah, yeah, just, I'm seeing it so I can kick the can down the road. So he's like, yes, he is. Let's just talk about something else. Or yes, I am seeing a therapist. Let's just move on. But I wasn't, and I'm not really taking care of myself in that respect. Uh, but I started seeing a therapist, and I, like one day I just, you know, I kind of told the therapist that I really like myself very much. Um, and it's, I'm not turning this into a therapy session. No, just, no, it's fine. giving you guys the context. This is a totally fine place for that. Absolutely. So, so the thing, the thing for me is, uh, I was like, I just don't like myself. I just, I don't know why. I mean... I, uh, I'm not sure. And she goes, well, I think, uh, you, you'll find time to meditate for yourself and do things for you and uh, encourage you to make mistakes. And that's, that's some of the things, uh, I'm, I'm currently eating soup. This is with the discussion that we had <laughs> yes. with, uh, Georgia Directly and Cody. Directly before the podcast started, we talked about Right before we started soup. recording. Yes. I started making this incredible soup. I've gotten really good at it, but I, t- I was talking to my therapist how I was making soup and I'm so unsure of myself. Mm. That I no joke asked a friend if I should put garlic in it. <laughs> and I'm just—it's like the whole express purpose, the whole reason anyone cooks, and the reason cooking is so enjoyable is because you can kind of just fart around and find things that work, and that's the, the joy of it. Exactly. And you won't discover those things unless you make those mistakes. So, like, I use the the kitchen as an example. When I make the soup, it's like, should I put garlic in this? I don't know. It's like, just put the garlic in. So today I made the soup. I had headphones in. I listened to some old classic rock. Didn't listen to anybody. I made it the way I made it. And it it turned out awesome. great. So yeah. That's one of those things. That's a, that's a great example for trusting yourself. Absolutely, it's it's trusting yourself and coming back to your questions. I'm I'm tr- I'm I'm 
making conscious efforts these days to have more confidence in myself yeah. because I, I it's well deserved. I think I should Absolutely. have confidence I agree. in myself. As your friend, I definitely agree with yes. that. And I'm proud of you for making those efforts. That's a huge step. Thank That's you. something that took me far too long to do. It's very important because like in my acting work, I mean, I act a lot and I'm in rehearsal. I just, I'm down on myself. I'm not, oh, that was a bad right. choice. You just like, you did something wrong and it just, it just breaks your momentum and it stops you. If you make yeah. a mistake, okay, that's, we'll work it next time. We're rehearsing. It's right. fine. You I know got what I mean? some good advice from a director a long time ago and by good advice, it wasn't really meant kindly at the moment. He, he wasn't a director that I particularly cared to work for. Um, but he gave me a note and I said, I'm sorry. And he like whipped around and he just yells at me. You never say you're. You never say that you're sorry. You're not sorry. Just say thank you and move on. And mm. and the moment I was like, oh, oh my god, yeah. I'm so. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, because um, I was yeah. I was like 16 and I just didn't know what I was doing. Um, and but now I, I really take that to heart. Is is when you get constructive criticism that is meant well, especially in in like our our craft and our work, something that's not unkind. Mm-hmm. You just go, okay, thank you. And I that that gives you the opportunity to take it or not. Like right. that's up to you. You get to choose now. Um, but when you apologize, you're like. When you apologize, you're you're putting yourself at fault, mm-hmm. and you're not really at fault. You, you just made a choice, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. And you just say thank you and you move on. You know what's mm. you know what's funny is my, my dad actually had this discussion with me. Mm-hmm. He told me about how I, I I'd always apologize as a kid growing up, and I always do apologize yeah. now. Uh, but he, he told me this, and this, this is something I'll never forget. Is like you just you, you keep saying you're sorry, and like you don't change. Like with with our respect, it was uh, you keep explaining what you're doing wrong. And you keep trying to tell me like what you why you're trying to do something wrong. Well, all I want you to say is just okay and move on. Mm-hmm. Like just take the criticism and just move on. That's yeah. that's that's a that's a big thing. Um, yeah, I definitely don't apologize too much. Yeah, it, it kind of it, reduces its weight. It it's, does. I, I think apologies have a really important place. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you apologize all the time, then if you really do hurt somebody or if you really do hurt yourself and you try to make amends there, it feels like it has a lot less right. to it. You There's know? not as much weight to it. It's yeah. it's definitely a hard thing though. Um, depending on how you were raised and everything, like I know I <clears throat> I definitely am very apologetic for mm-hmm. me too a lot of things, and and I catch myself doing it. And recently, I've been able to like not do it as much. Um, it's funny at work. Uh, I'll be taking an order or something, and someone will come up to the register, and like I'll ask them, you know, what they want. And then I'll ask them what drink they want. And then I'll ask them about sauces. And every time I ask them something, they'll say what they want and then apologize for it. And that, that was like a real, like, in-my-face example of, like, what apologizing too much really sounds like. It's not like, because to me, I'm just like, dude, no, you're just, or, like, don't apologize. Like, it's no yeah. big deal. And I realized that, like, there's so many more times in life just like that. That it's like, yeah, you, you don't have to apologize for just being, you know? Exactly. When, uh, when I started dating Max, I would apologize for anything, and he would only say, I accept your apology sometimes, which is something I never had anybody say to me, was mm-hmm. I accept your apology. Um, and at first I was, I was like, hey, it really hurts my feelings that sometimes I apologize for things and you don't say anything. And he was like, well, I'm not accepting those apologies. And I was like, why? And he was like, because you didn't do anything wrong. I can't accept your apology if you didn't mess up. And I was like, oh... And so now he'll verbalize, I will not accept that apology. Right. And so I'll say... Oh, what a style. Yeah. So I'll, I'll say stuff like, like, oh, I'm sorry I got upset about this. And he'll be like, I'm not accepting that apology. You, 
being upset is a natural part of life. Mm-hmm. I will accept your apology for yelling at me, though. Right. I'll be like, that's a great point. So it, it, it really changed my perspective about uh, where apologies should be placed and how to let some of them go. Max is by far just one of the most mature and, like, well-evolved, I guess, human beings I've ever met. Oh, yes. Just to the point I'd where... I'd like to shout out Max's mom, Jody. Trudeau. Absolutely. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> also, Max is amazing. She, you did a good job on that Like one, I, I think it was a joint effort. You did an really, excellent Great work. job, because I... I don't even, like, it astounds, it, it just baffles me as someone who, like, I try to be mature and, like, at least in, in specific situations, but, like, mm-hmm. the amount of, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. You caught him, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I know, <laughs> don't worry, I know. I'm not laughing but at you, I'm just saying. Just the, the amount of, like, patience that, like, Max has, and it, it, it's something that I aspire to have, is, like, that much patience and willingness to listen. And I do think I have mm-hmm. quite a lot of patience with people. Um, you do, yeah. It just... I, I'm trying to... I'm aspiring to have the amount of muscles Max has. Okay. <laughs> Georgia. Georgia, I, I want to say, and this is... um, I'm jealous of you. <laughs> in the most heterosexual way possible. <laughs> I like that Max is going to edit this and gets to decide whether it stays in. I know, it's this cut. is all up to him. <laughs> it's just, it's just it us uh, talking about Max. Um, yeah, he's a good-looking fellow. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I cannot disagree with you as his girlfriend. I simply cannot disagree with you. <laughs> I simply um, cannot. I, I am not allowed. <laughs> I, I can't. I I cannot tell a lie. I'm, I'm Johnny Appleseed or whatever. That's uh, George Washington. Who said and that. also, I thought it was Abe can we talk about for a it's second how that's that. totally BS? There's no way George Washington oh. slash maybe Abraham Lincoln or Johnny Appleseed never told a lie. Bullshit. Yeah, everybody, everybody told a lie. It's you, it's impossible not to. If I if oh. I said I've never told a lie, I'd be lying. Paradox. Ooh. Whoa. Oh. Whoa, you just Whoa. blew my mind there. Wow, <laughs> Wait. my brain has exploded. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, my God. Wow, Cody, Cody just died on my screen. Man, Cody's dead. Um, He's passed away. Good show, guys. <laughs> we had a good run. <laughs> yeah, we had a good run. <laughs> nice 21 episodes. It's over. Whoop, whoop. I've got a, I got a question. You kind of got a question. What's What's the next question? Oh, Connor's question is, what's the next question? My next question is, do you have any regrets from your life? And if you could, if you do, could you, would you change them if you could? Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> we all know the GameStop fiasco, don't we? Oh, yeah. Wait, earlier oh. this year? <laughs> oh, uh-huh. my goodness. I bought 10 shares in November. Yeah. And then sold them to make rent. Damn. Um, I sold them. Damn I sold them. I made, I made a couple. I made like five bucks. Hey. It would have been 4000 <laughs> Oh, dude. If I had oh, held on, I would have made a couple of rents there. A hundred dollar investment, I would have made four grand. Man, I'm not. I am not. A, I am like one of those. Like you see those business majors who are like, yeah, I'm on the stock market. I made like six grand today, and like he lost like eighty thousand the week before, and he just mm-hmm. you know. I'm like one of those guys, except like I only make three dollars here yeah. and there, off of like yeah. I, I made a big money plays because I saved mm-hmm. up over the summer. Like I, so like I'm gonna throw it in the stock market, and then like I'll only I'll. I'll get in there for five seconds and then just watch it and like, oh, it's going down and sell away. So don't do that. I don't understand the stock um, market for many reasons. Uh, reason you're not one, supposed to. Don't understand math. Reason two, I think it's fake. Um, you think, I think math it's just is like, fake? It, I, 
<laughs> I know math, math is right. real. I know math, math is, is the fake. only thing that math doesn't make true. any sense in this universe. So someone straight up was like, mm, "Math," and end of story. Like, wh- how does that happen? How did how did how, how did, did we yeah, get how here? did we get to math? How did someone go? How did we get to algebra two? Someone, someone had like an we're like algebra poo. Yeah, more like algebra two. I I did I took a okay. I I I like to go. Now we're derailing from a serious podcast and just getting into me just rambling. I'm a pretty smart person. I think we yeah, can agree no, that I, I have I'd some agree. level of intelligence. Mm-hmm. I took algebra so two <laughs> three times. I took algebra two three times. I didn't learn anything. I don't understand it. I don't. I when I went to study for the SAT, my tutor, who was my dear friend Parker, told me to. Um, use the equation of a circle and I looked him dead in the eyes in a coffee shop and said an equation has a circle Aww. I can't believe I got into college it's incredible no it's I, well that's the thing You're, you, people are good at different yes. things exactly Every, math is not my thing like you are math clearly very like, intelligent I'd say I'm intelligent I got I got street smarts I'll, I'll say that but we oh Connor I'd love to pull you in on this let's discussion. do oh Cody, yes I, yes so we were thinking about the street smart, street smarts versus book smarts versus thing. social, and smarts. we think there's like a third category, oh. which is social smarts. Yes. So I have street smarts and book smarts. I have no social smarts. Uh, Cody has street smarts and social smarts. Eh, book, was that, was that? I I'd say, and he has like some. Book I, smarts. I can like I can get through school. I'm doing fine. I got that A B average, yeah. but like when it comes to, when it comes to like studying and doing work, I'm. Mm-hmm. One time Steve Jobs said, find, like, if you're looking for someone to fix a problem, find the person that's going to, like, find the easiest solution to fix the problem because they're the ones that are, like, just making it easier. That's what I do at school. Like, if I'm sitting there, I've got tons of homework to do. I'm just going to find, like, the easiest and most efficient way to do it, get it done, and be done. Whether it's, like... I, on the other hand, wrote a 2,000-word discussion board post for a 200-word minimum. And, because I found the topic to be fun. And that's the difference between you and that's, I, Georgia. That's also the difference. I, I like to, if I put myself in that triangle, I, I think this, again, this ties back into the confidence thing. I, I've I've got uh, social smarts, uh, which is surprising because, you know, I've, or not, not surprising. No, I think it's surprising. No. You're, very, you're a very it's sociable su- person. Very sociable. And that's, again, thanks to mom and dad who showed me TV growing up. Hell yeah. Um. <laughs> No, I'm no, serious. No, no. My I dad, my, I, that's the way you learn. We watched Seinfeld. We watched Seinfeld. And I was like, oh, we watched yes. all the Seinfeld. And dad just goes, oh, yeah, um, we did that so you can see how, like, how people interact with each other. And that's where I really get that, like, a good sense of my dry humor is mm-hmm. from watching so much Seinfeld yeah. and stuff growing up. But, uh, no, on that, on that, on that uh, the triangle of uh, social smarts, street smarts, and book smarts, I think i i've got I, i've been showing a lot of social smarts and street smarts there's a very dormant book smart <laughs> part of me uh that, that's that's still present mm-hmm. sometimes i was i was thinking about it the other day not to sound pompous i'm i'm a smart person i mean i agree yeah i make yeah. good grades i i do i i just i i've i don't really i don't do the 2000 word discussion right. boards things like that i'm a big nerd i can okay pick up things very easily. I can understand things. I, I get a good sense of book smarts because I like, I love having the approach of like, there's some kind of guide out there. Like I, I like, uh, we're reading thinking Shakespeare yeah. uh, right now for acting class. I like that. Cause it's like, Oh, it breaks it down backwards uh-huh. and forwards. It breaks it down. It makes, okay, now I can understand these very complicated things because of this guidebook. Right. Um, so I, I think I could, I can read those, but like, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit more on, on Cody's line of like, yeah, I've got, 
social and street smarts are like my highest side of things. But then the book smart thing, it just, it doesn't come as easy to me as other folks who are like, oh, I could just. Oh, yeah. Right. For fun, I'll, I'll write two thousand words. Yeah, on it. and um, that makes sense to me because, like, like, I don't, I don't think that 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 triangle binary has like anything to do with your actual ability. Because, like, no. I I can hold my own in a social situation. Mm-hmm. It just tires me out. I have to work a lot. Right, harder. and that's the um, same way for book smarts for me. It's like just yeah. sit there and actually sit down and get all my homework done, and just do mm-hmm. it all. It's 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 just draining, and I I feel yeah. like it sometimes just feels like my time could be better spent doing something else, making social connections or whatever you do with street smarts uh you throw your wallet and run away i don't know yeah what yeah what is what is street no street smarts is is looking both ways before crossing the street it's common sense common sense i feel like street smarts is like my ability to build stuff right i feel like i feel like surviving as a quote-unquote like adult in the world and just knowing you know the next step to take staying like a level head and yeah being able to get through situations. I feel like that's more what we're talking about with street smarts. Whereas book smarts would be pure academia and yeah. social right. smarts would yeah. just be your social interactions. That's one of those things, like Georgia said, it's not a spectrum. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, or it's not like, it's not like a, uh, would you say it, would you refer to it I as? I called it a binary. Like you could only uh-huh. have A binary. Two. Yes. I was like, what, what's the word? You got yeah, a it's little not binary. Bit of right. I just feel bit. like, uh, these are just realizations I'm making. I'm, I'm 21 years old currently, so I, I'm not the expert on life. But I, I like to think I'm a, I'm a very observant person, yes. and I just watch things. Mm-hmm. Today, um, I was at my senior thesis rehearsal uh, at a friend's house. And we rehearsed in the basement. And then, uh, so it's myself, my friend Andrew, my friend Bobby. And then, like, our friends upstairs, like Corinne, Rachel, and, and Lily. And um, they're all doing their rehearsal upstairs. We're doing ours downstairs. But then we, we finished up early, so we went upstairs they were going to practice their rapier fight, which is awesome. They, they look awesome out there. It's so cool. I'm so jealous because I didn't get to learn how to sword fight in college. Oh, I want a so sword cool. fight. I want, I've wanted defense when I was a kid and I, like, I never Connor, really Connor, got Connor, around to it. You, know? Smarts come in. you don't need to learn how to sword fight to get into you know? <laughs> a sword fight. All right? You can just bring yeah, a sword to a fight. I have street smarts, so I can just already sword <laughs> fight. Because <laughs> I'm not I encourage. I want to encourage the listeners to challenge someone to a duel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. If if somebody, like, you know, they don't hold the door for you on the way into Uh Chick-fil-A on campus or wherever you are. If if you don't uphold the Connor Knock principles of help a friend in need and open the door. Help a friend in need. and I will be challenging you to Absolutely. I will challenge you to a duel. We got to break this week. We got time. Come on. Yeah, we we got time. It can either be a sword fight or it can be a Wild West, uh, you know, you meet in the Uh middle of the street. uh, Draw, yeah. Anyways. Well, well, so I was saying, it's like something I noticed. um, I feel like different people... Have different abilities. This is very. Uh, this is probably very common knowledge for many people, but it's it's easy to forget. I think that you can't compare yourself mm. to other people who who are who are doing something similar yeah. to you. Yeah, and I, I always I I started dancing when I was fourteen, and I I consider myself to be to use musical theater terminology a dancer first. Uh-huh. And hmm. you know, um, I don't really I don't know if I re- like still consider any hierarchy within my like the things that I do now. Um, but I, I'm a dancer and I love dance more than anything in the world. But I started when I was 14 and I have spent so much of my time dancing, looking at somebody who's been dancing a decade longer than me and going, why can they do something I can't do? <laughs> and sometimes I just want to like hit myself in the head and be like, are you kidding right. me? Like this, the, the, there's no way to compare someone whose experience and life and dedication is, is, is com- 
completely different from yeah. yours. There's there's no comparison there because I'm me and they're them and you're you and that's the end of it. You know, we're all different. I'll just say back to those principles. One mm-hmm. of those things, uh, David Chadwick from Forest Hills Church in Charlotte, but where the snare to compare? I, that will always stick with me. Mm-hmm. And I think to, to answer your question way back earlier that I couldn't really answer, I think the principles are just these uh, things that not like idioms, but you know, these sayings or, or slogans I say to myself, whenever I find myself in a certain situation, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, but where the snare to compare? It's like a mantra. You got to remember those things and right. you always go on. You know, you, you hear the saying, like the grass is always greener. Um, talking about, you know, when you compare yourself to someone else's life, it's always going to seem like it's, it's better in some way because they have something that you don't have. But the only reason that phrase even works is because you, you've only got your perspective of the world. Whereas when you hear other people, they're probably saying the same stuff about you and you just don't even know. If you keep comparing yourself and if you keep saying it's like, I'm not at that level at a certain point, I think you just start to feel like you'll never get to that level. Yeah. Yeah. And it becomes less about practicing and more about you looking at Val Kilmer and Robert De Niro and like, oh, okay, well, that's those guys and then I'm just me. How, how do you define success? Yeah. How do I define success? Well, that is... That's an excellent question. Uh, that is something it's it's. I think a lot of people don't know. Uh, I've I'm wrestling with my current definition of success as it stands now. A night I'll never forget with Georgia Rickard, the first short <laughs> film I did at Western Carolina. I'm sorry. I'm so. It's just <laughs> not in that way. Obviously. I I do this. I do this thing a lot where I just I lead into things, but I just, I like. I'll throw something at you where it's like, what the heck is he talking about? And that's like how I get your interest. No, it's good. It's good. It is a lead line. Exactly. It's a lead line. It's a night with George Rico. I'll never forget. It's the first short film I ever did at Western Carolina, mm-hmm. Cosmic Brownies. We had a delightful time. Where again, I was cast as like Men in Black 2 for this little stoner short film that they made. Yeah, I was a police and officer. And Georgia got the bigger role of cop. And I was kind of like, well, I wanted to be the cop, you know? And that, that's, you know. More on that later. But, you know, just we're on this flipping, this freaking mountain, Black Balsam in Western North Carolina. It was seven, 17 degrees? It got oh, down to like 17. Yeah, it got like super cold. It was midnight. It was November. We're on top I of this mountain. The oh, oh God. It was, it, was un- it was unreal. It was so stupid. Because <laughs> they came up to us. They're like, we're going to get your stuff done first, Connor and Allie. And then I was like, all right, cool. And then so we're going to do this little thing and then we're going to get you guys. Okay, we're going to get this shot off, and then we're going to get you... And we stayed up there till like, 5 a.m. But the point is, we yeah, first I, get there, I, I and everyone's, like, really, like... Cold. It's exciting, it's exciting. Well, the point is, the, with Georgia, we're laying out at the stars. I had never seen so many stars mm. before, because we're on the oh, parkway. Oh, the Lord's Parkway. Stories. We were all freezing, so we all, we all like, clumped together for body, body heat. We laid down... It was you, me, and Pablo. Oh, yes, Pablo. And we're laying down on the pavement in this this like uh, little observation deck like parking lot mm-hmm. uh, on on the parkway. So like we're on top uh-huh. of a mountain, yeah. staring up at the stars, and we're just asking them, "What do you guys want out of life?" Oh. And uh, I was I was like, you know me, Spanish tile roof, uh, Spanish courtyard, big pool, orange trees, and George has heard the spiel a hundred thousand times. Cadillac Eldorados all the way around, all that stuff. Pablo's like, "I just want money. I just want a lot of money." And then George is like, "I just want to be happy." Mm-hmm. And that just kind of went right over my head in the moment. Where I was like, yeah, I mean, of course I'm going to be happy too. And then over the next two years, I was just thinking of like, okay, slowly and slowly, my goals started to change and they started to shift. And uh, my definition of success changed. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, it was, was is it more important to be happy or is it more important to achieve the goal that you wanted? And I think nowadays, 
happiness is probably the more important of the goals. Yeah. yeah. Um, there are so many people who are successful by, by conventional standards and mm-hmm. they, they're truly not happy inside. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's something that concerns me. I came to this big crux over the summer where I was, I, I had my car license for the longest time. I finally got it. Thank God. Uh, two weeks in with a license. Let's go. Um, no, I, my, I was talking to my dad about this and dad, if you're still listening, I hope you are. This is really, this is really important stuff. Um, I was really depressed over the summer and I was talking to dad and we, had a lot of problems and he kind of he, he came to me and he was we were talking about the car again and he asked me he's like do you think if you get the car you're going to be happy do you think that these these this car is going to make you happier and i said yeah he's like well i don't think it will i think that you're going to get this new thing and you're still going to be you you're still going to be this person because all, all you are is a meat suit is what he said <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> fantastic i love good that. old chris knock uh, he's, he's like all you are is a meat suit and uh, you need to, you know, it's, you got to take care of, of, of yourself first. And then when you get all those other things, you can appreciate them even more. Yes. So I think that uh, success is defined by, like, you know, you, you've you got to make sure you're right as rain inside. And then once you start achieving those goals, they're going to come easily to you, A. And then B, you're going to enjoy them even more because because you can. It's so true. I have always had that, like, my my goal is to be happy thing going on. I don't think I really believed it mm. until until recently because I always I, I always was, was like I just want to be like like humble. I don't want people to think that I'm stuck up. But I, I had other dreams that, that I like that I really wanted that I was I was like I want to be the best. I want to be the best at everything I do. Um, and that just destroyed me. Yeah, wanting to be the best at everything I could do. And now I I really don't I don't want to be the best no. at anything. I never want to walk into a room again and look at the people around me and think about how many steps I need to take to get above them. Right. I never want to have that moment again. And so, so now I really do feel like I'm in a place where I, I do want my, my goal is, is to be happy and to the, enjoy the things in my life. But I found that what you need for that is not just you. It's the people around oh, you. It's, sure. it's what your life has. Um, I, I did a, an, a self tape day for a um, company Um. And they asked to do. They asked you to do a, a uh, like a story before you sang a song, like it was the last song in your cabaret set, um, and to, t- to tell a story about why the song meant something to you. And I, I chose the song "A Quiet Thing" from Four of the Red Minutes, which I highly recommend you go listen to. It's an old song. It's really beautiful. Um, and I chose it because I was thinking about how I used to think that all these big moments in life were going to be like wow, like huge, these huge moments in my life. Um, we're going to bring me all this joy and all this happiness. I would get into a BFA program. I would be successful. I would do, mm-hmm. you know, X, Y, Z. Um, but they don't, they don't, they don't admit. That's not what it's about. It's about the tiny moments. Yeah. It's about the little oh pieces of your life um, that you can hold on to. And they're very, very rarely you standing alone with a prize in your hand. They're almost always the moment after when you hug somebody that you love mm-hmm. or the moment before when somebody squeezes your hand and is like, you got this. Like, and the little pieces that, that of, of your life with them that, that scatter out, that is what your life is about. It's the, the happiness of your life is connected into how much you can love those around you. And that's, that to me is what success is, is to share anything with somebody that I love and with many people that I love. That's beautiful. Wow. That's, oh, it's so important. I, you know, that's, that's really interesting, Georgia. Um, before I came to college, 
I thought I had my life pretty planned out. Like you said, with the mm-hmm. whole BFA degree, I was like, I'm just going to go to college, get a BFA in musical theater, be a Broadway star, and then I'll be content and happy living in New York and yeah, everything n- will be nothing perfect. Nothing will go wrong with this plan, <laughs> like I said when I was 17 right? and knew nothing. Oh my God. And now I'm 20 and know nothing, but yet I, I feel like I know a lot more than I did then. And you're 100% right because my, my goal now is to be happy. I like... In, in, I don't know, I'd like to be able to make a living, like, that is pay rent and feed myself and any other dependents I have with yes. art. That yeah. That's my goal. But other than that, it is to be happy. And it's mm-hmm. funny, I only found that at college. I only found that when, like, my ego was completely shattered and I was just kind of left with nothing and had to build it back, you know? Mm. And I realized that, like, the things that are important, I mean, I can still remember specific moments that I, like, was super happy. We brought up stars earlier, and all I think was, like, stars. And, like... Yeah, stars! (laughs) One of my favorite memories from my time in college was Cody and I worked together over over a summer, and we both had a a rough day at work. And it was a beautiful night when we got out of work. It was, like, July. Mm -hmm. And we're driving the 30-minute trek it takes home. And we both just go like, man, the stars are really beautiful. And I just immediately turned onto the Blue Ridge Parkway. And we drove up like six exits. (laughs) And we laid on the concrete for two hours and stargazed. It was... Um, It's one of my favorite memories. Same. Uh, Same. Like that's... Yeah. There's something like really like... There was... And there was no cell service. There was no like... There was no way to be distracted by anything. We just sat there and we were like, oh, stars. Stars. Nice. (laughs) I remember just talking about life. I remember having conversations Mm -hmm. like this one where it's just like talking about what we want, what what would be, Mm -hmm. what would make us happy. And I mean, you know, it's it's little moments like that. And now now we get to have those little moments a lot more with these conversations. We get to. It's so true. Talk with people. And to value them more. Exactly. Exactly. And it. Mm-hmm. It does mean a lot to me. So it really is the people around you mm-hmm. are, and that that's for me anyway, specifically, it's just like, it's the most important thing in my life. Absolutely mm-hmm. are the people that I consider to be family. I think that's also why mistakes are so important. Absolutely. Connor, when you talked about how hard it can be to make mistakes is there are mistakes that I've made in my life that led me away from a success that I didn't actually want. Mm-hmm. And if I hadn't made those mistakes, I would have led a life perfectly placed in the wrong way. Yeah. Everything would have been what I had wanted, but not what I needed. And those mistakes were right. vital. And if I hadn't made those mistakes, I mean, I I would be, you know, very glittery and shiny and whatever, <laughs> but I wouldn't be me. I wouldn't have what I have now. Right. That's, that's so interesting you say that because he asked about regrets earlier. Mm-hmm. And uh, I honestly, like, you know, everyone's got regrets it's like yeah i mean you know i wish i uh had done this or that differently and that's the thing even when i'm trying to come up with an example to say oh of course everyone has regrets like for example i can't even think <laughs> of one because what you said is so true it is <laughs> i uh i did marching band my senior year of high school i was marching base four i, I say base five because it was the big drum but it was really the fourth base because we only have four people <laughs> but i carried the biggest drum we had and it was awesome it was a great time and uh you know, and then that was also the same year I started doing theater. And I told myself when I started doing acting, I was like, I auditioned for this honors acting thing uh, at my at my school, Charlotte Catholic High School. And then 
I, I went I gave I went home, gave the audition to my dad, and he was like, You could really do this professionally. And I said, Okay, well, if I get into the school play, I'll become an actor. And then I said, I don't care if it's like the cop role, if it's just like this little tiny like, Hey, we found your cat, okay, see ya, like that kind of role, like a walk on. Yeah. I don't care what it is. If I get into it, I'm gonna be an actor. And then I got like an even bigger role than I thought I was going to. And I was like, Okay, well, I gotta do it now. Yeah. I'm, I guess I'm good. So anyways, the point is with regrets and things like that is uh, I didn't do band. I was friends with all the band kids in high school growing up, like eighth grade on, and we're still friends to this day. I was so regretful that like, oh, I wish I'd like, uh, they, they gave us the sign up form in the third grade to like take, uh, if you want to take like music lessons and start learning an instrument and start learning how to play music, mm-hmm. you can sign this form. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do it. And that indecisiveness uh, that bit me a little bit because I really wish I did. I got a piano and I never get to play it. Maybe I should play it more. Yeah. And I still want to, but I never, I was always friends with these guys. I got to see them make all this beautiful music and I never got to do it. And then I discovered theater and I also did marching band at the same time. But I, I fear that if I, if I did join band, then I wouldn't be an actor. Yeah. If I did join band, I wouldn't like have the friends, the people I have today. So it's like, you know, those regrets and things like that. It, I think it just boils down to, it's like, well, do you like the, your life the way it is? Right. The way it is now, like, would you change anything? Cause if you, if you went back like you said and you, you had done things differently it might have led you on a different path which you still could have enjoyed but it wouldn't be the one you're on right. now mm-hmm. which wouldn't be as enjoyable um a lot of bad things have been happening to me uh in college things i brought on myself things that have just happened you know i mean i'll take ownership things are good now mm-hmm. finally yeah. yeah it's been f- four years and i can i can actually say things are genuinely truly looking up and i'm very happy for that good dude that's that's great so you. so you wouldn't change anything. You're happy with where you are. Well, I totally would have kept those GameStop shares. That's, that's well, that's fair. fair. Okay. <laughs> I think anyone, even like all the great philosophers in this world, would be like, yeah. You should have kept the Should have held it, man. <laughs> so Plato's just like, yeah, you should have kept those shares, dog. <laughs> you may not want to. Uh, no, I would not change anything. I wouldn't even keep those shares. Good. Would you, if you could, would you go back and give yourself any advice, your younger self? Yeah, I, I would tell my freshman year self, stop eating so many cookies. <laughs> they were good cookies. They were good though. cookies and totally worth Those it. Those freshman year cookies. They are, they, uh, yeah, they're pretty good. Now, I don't know if any, any advice I give to my younger self. I would say definitely do more because I've spent a lot of time jaded. Like, not like jaded, but just not really wanted to do much besides play video games. Mm. And, you know, I really wish I had, like, oh, yeah, if you were on the football team in sixth grade, I was on the football team in sixth grade. Oh, wow for like three days and then I quit because it was too hard. And it's like, no, stick with things. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're going to do something, you know, try and stick with it. And that's that's why I'm sticking with acting, I think. It's like, a, I, I was, I've always, like, I wanted to be a chef. No, not really. I want to do this. It's like, no, not really. But I knew I wanted to make movies and I wanted to create. And uh, then I became an actor. And it's like, no, I, I, I don't feel like I have to stick with it. I feel like I genuinely want to stick yeah, with it. Yeah, that's such a good and I'm very, I'm very well, happy to I say feel that. Like, yeah. I feel like, you know, even not sticking on the football team, it shouldn't be a regret because it led you to where you are now. God knows if I had stuck with sports in high school. Well, no, I would have ended up in theater no matter what. I really do believe. Oh, yeah. I could have been a gymnast, but my sister got in a fight with another girl in the gymnast class. So we got kicked out. <laughs> Man, whoa. That's one of those things. But it, like, you know, in everyone's life, and I get that it's only because we can only have like one life, despite like, you know, alternate timeline theories, which like, yeah, of course they're real. Whatever. I can only experience. I can only this experience life. this life, and therefore, anyone who says they have like regrets about things, they wouldn't know. I mean, it, you've only got this life. You've only got this one path that mm-hmm. it's led you on. So 
there's no point in having regrets. But you're right, Connor. You know, giving yourself that past advice, it's advice that you can take now, too, is just stick with it. It's never too mm-hmm. late to, like, quote-unquote, change your life. If you make that one of your, like, principles now, then, uh, like, I don't think you'll have any problems. You live, you learn, and you grow. You're, you're all set. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Well, we, we were going to do this whole episode and talk about Catholicism, and we never got around to <laughs> right? it. Um, we can we can still talk about Catholicism <laughs> if you'd like. I I do I do I have two more questions that I want to ask. Two big questions. Yes, mm-hmm. please. Let's do a rapid fire of just like growing up Catholic and how that still affects your like life today. Yeah. And... T- tell us tell us about tell us about your are you religious or spiritual? Mm-hmm. Tell us about your religion. I think I am both, but I'm a bit more religious than spiritual. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of I follow like the rules of luck. Like, if I see a penny, I'll flip That's one of those things, too. Is like if I, I'll do things. I'll see a penny, and I'll, if it's heads down, I'll flip it over. Because, like, then I get good luck, and somebody else can find it. They get good luck, too. If it's heads up, I'll pick it up, and I'll give it to someone else, and we both get good luck. That's really funny. Um, so that's, like, my spirituality. I was I was scrolling through you guys' uh, rep- like, repertoire, <laughs> your collection of podcasts here. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a few before coming on the show. Uh, the repertoire, coming on, before coming on the show, and I saw you had one about polytheism, and I was like... I did not have enough time to listen to that today, mm-hmm. but I definitely want to give that a listen because I just, I, I know God exists. Uh-huh. He has to. Because mm-hmm. I feel like science is one of those, everyone's like, well, I believe in science. I don't believe in God. And it's like, well, I've heard a lot of scientists say that you take a sip of the glass, like the top of the glass is God, and then you keep drinking the glass, and you're like, no, that's just science. But the time you get to the bottom of the glass, you see God yeah. again. Mm-hmm. That's the thing I keep hearing. Um, but I believe God's real. I, I, I think he has to be, or... or in some way, shape, or form, whether it's the Christian God or whether it's another form, I'm not sure. Because yeah. that's just where faith comes in. You have to believe right. what you can. That's all right. Um, and I adhere to the Christian God because that's, I guess, just one of those things uh, that I was born with and I'll just kind of, I'll maybe always do. I don't know. I don't really yeah. know yet. But by the same token, I've, I have I came to this realization because of a freaking Indiana Jones movie. Um, yes. I'm watching, I watched Indiana Jones because we had Visart video in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's where I'm from. Beautiful town. Beautiful mm-hmm. city. South to Charlotte. Uh, we go, we went to the movie, the video store and we rented like Raiders of the Lost Ark and then also Temple of Doom. I think it was. I think we did Raiders of the Lost Ark first and like a week later I liked it so much I wanted to see Temple of Doom and my mom went and rented it with me. And um, we watched that and I remember seeing Raiders of the Lost Ark it's like, oh yeah, this is the Ark of the Covenant and like by the way, that is the scariest freaking movie you'll ever see. Yeah, it's if you grew up Christian. If you grew up Christian and like you fear uh-huh. God on a day to day basis, and like your Oma told you the world's gonna end when you're like six. Dude, I watched I watched Ark of the Covenant with like a youth group. Oh wow! Like we were all hanging out after a youth group and we watched Ark of the Covenant. We were all like, uh. <laughs> what is what is Ark Why of the Covenant? Why did God kill those people? <laughs> Like, oh, I mean, Raised the Lost Ark, or Ark? is that I mean, a different Raiders movie, Jordan? Oh, right, okay, gotcha. I don't know if that was, like, a scarier movie. No, I've got, but yeah, you my, watched... My brain just messed up those words. Sorry. If you, if you fear God, that's the scariest movie you'll ever watch. Yeah. Uh, but I did, I watched that, and I was like, okay, well, you know, God's real in Indiana Jones' world, and because I'm a kid, and, like, very easily influenced by all these these violent movies, and it's horrible. No, um, I, I was like, oh, yeah, so I was like, oh, Indiana Jones just confirmed God's real. <laughs> Checkmate, atheist. <laughs> um, Thanks, <laughs> So I, I, so I, I watched that, and then I watched Temple of Doom, and nice. in Temple of Doom, they they like, it's so stupid. They they fall out of an airplane, 
on like that the yellow uh-huh. raft uh-huh. and then like uh, snowboard down the uh, the mountain and like go to that little village in Tibet or whatever. That's gotta it is. be real, right? <laughs> There's no way they survived but, that without. But, uh, like, no, that's what I'm saying. But no, then they they go and like all the people in that village are like, oh yeah, our god, our deity said that this was gonna happen. And at that point, my brain promptly went, "What the fuck? <laughs> Hold on, <laughs> How can there be two? <laughs> and I was just kind of thought, like, you know, okay, well, uh, my friend Stephen, you know, he, he explained religion is like, okay, well, it's we're all climbing different mountains, but the view is very similar. That, so it's, you know, it's something I noticed is like a lot in a lot in religion is there's a lot of parallels between Catholicism and. Christianity, obviously, because like the umbrella term Christianity, Catholicism, all denominations included, but then also Buddhism, but then also Hinduism and all these other religions and spiritualities. And I think it's fascinating that he said that. And I think it's I, it's one of those things I always like when we, we did study other religions when I was in Catholic school, Makes or we sense. did learn about it at least. And like they, there are no similarities, but then we had like a book, which might have been the CCC, which is the um, Catechism of the Catholic Church, if I'm not mistaken. Let me, let me look that up again. Yeah, Catechism of the Catholic Church. So, like, Catholics have the Bible, and then we have the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which is, like, the... It's, like, fairly odd parents with the rules. Uh You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, it's, like, we don't need to read the Bible. We just have the rules, and we just kind of follow this. And it's, like, Christians don't get drunk. This isn't what you do. Um, The church is infallible. It has all this because of apostolic succession. Mm -hmm. So, all Jesus gave the apostles uh, leeway and, like, the free reign to teach christianity and catholicism and then um everyone that they appoint after is then trusted because they were chosen by they're indirectly chosen by jesus yeah, so good to go right uh, if, if that's known by anyone else but like anyways I, the point is, um, I feel bad as a religion major I about it no no it's 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 okay it's it's uh that's that's why the catholic church is infallible is because right. <laughs> or they say they're infallible is because everything they do is <laughs> that's Really, everything they do was appointed by God. <laughs> everything they do is, is technically appointed by God. Like they have some. We mentioned like when you guys are talking about bringing me on the show, Catholic apologetics, and this is just going in circles right now. I don't know what, no, no, where no, I'm going with this, but like that's that is the thing with Catholic apologetics. It's a class that we we took when I was in Catholic school, and it's how to argue for the mm. faith in case you run into those pesky atheists. Um, and, I, and I say that I say that in a, in a joking. <laughs> yeah, I just no, with that. I, I don't. Ninety-five theses with his stupid ninety-five theses. Shut up, Martin Luther. Anyways, um, I'm the only religion, Martin. Dude, you Martin Luther. Like we we really Europe really had it together. And I'm not gonna lie, I did take a European history class. I lament that whether you believe in Lutherism or uh, whether you're Lutheran, whether you're Catholic. I mean, we should all get along and all get together and be cool because that's the thing with Christian denominations. That's one of the things I never really understood is. It's the same book. It's the Bible. It's the same God. It's the same Jesus. Here's Thomas. Aqu- like here's Thomas Aquinas. Here's uh, Paul, Peter, all the apostles, all these guys. And it's like, why are we not just saying the same things? It's so stupid. Everyone's got a different opinion. It's because religion is based off of. Do you want an answer, or is that rhetorical? No, I mean that, that's just something I wonder, but I love an answer because yeah. I've never, I've always wondered. So religion is based off of um, a thing called like canon formation, basically, which means that they share an authoritative text. And the difference between um, something being a different religion and being a sect of a religion or a denomination of a religion is interpretation of the canon. So uh, oh, yes. Southern Baptism and uh, Methodism, <laughs> Methodism, Meth- Methodist, yeah. Methodist, yeah, yeah. Uh, Methodist. Uh, 
uh, Christian churches take the Christian Bible and interpret it in two different ways. But Catholicism has additional authoritative texts, like the one you mentioned. And so that's why Catholicism is, yeah, is considered a different religion than, like, Baptist Bapti- Christianity, oh even God. though they're still using part of the same mm-hmm. canon. Um, so the canon forms the religion, the interpretation of it forms the denominations, additional authoritative texts separate it more from the core religion. Oh, that's fascinating. That's I did funny. not know in the, it, in the Baptist church, we didn't have any extra books or anything. We just had, like, fear and shame shoved down your throat. So, like, that's... Oh, that's <laughs> we had guilt church, in we the had Catholic church. music and cool lights. <laughs> and then the same things you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, we had the lights. We had the rock musics. But we... <laughs> it was all so mean. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Um, that's that's, that's one of those things... That's one of those things that frustrates me about like a lot of modern churches. It's a very difficult balance to keep between mercy and grace where it's like you need to, you, you can't have too much, um, you can't have too much shaming and you can't have too much leeway either. You need to have like, okay, you know, th- th- this is what we believe and, and how we believe we should carry ourselves. But also we shouldn't shame you if you, if you can't stick to that yeah. because Quite frankly, none of us yeah. can. That's the whole point. Yeah. That's what frustrates me is when I see these folks, they, they, they come to the street corner and they come to the, they come to the campus fountain mm-hmm. and they have the sign saying you're going to go to hell if you're gay. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. I don't think that's true. And that's one of the things about Christianity. I feel like everyone has a bad experience with Christianity early on and then they just go, oh, well, look at those momos, those, those redneck idiots. You know what I mean? They're like, I'm not going to believe that stuff because it doesn't make me feel good, mm-hmm. which I have problems with too but i'm just saying it's like things aren't supposed to make you feel bad all the time things also aren't supposed to make you feel good all the time if a religion comes so the point of religion is like like what do you think the point of religion is i'll ask you first Mm -hmm. i think the point i think it's to glow grow glow grow closer to god whichever form you you believe god to exist in so it's like you know if you're hindu it's like you're just supposed to if, if there's many guys, I, I don't know. Too, I don't know too much about Hinduism. Don't fact check me or anything. I mean, if you want to go ahead, if you want to like teach me, if it's useful, but don't, don't judge me right, for not right. knowing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, it's, I've never really learned these different, these things in detail. Mm-hmm. Um, also I spent like the last four years learning how to tell poop jokes at the appropriate time. <laughs> um, so college, I took an improv classes instead of, instead of quantitative analysis, which I would have done if I stuck with a marketing major. So one thing I don't regret is dropping that stupid marketing major. That was the worst decision. I hated it. But no, I think the point of religion is to you gain morals through a religion. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, like a lot of the morals I uphold today are, are morals of Christianity. And what I interpret, the way I interpret Christianity, my own personal canon with it, and uh, if that's the proper use of the term. And then... You go out into the world and I just honestly, I think the whole, the whole purpose, it ties into the whole purpose of life. It's like, you just got to be friendly and respectful to other people. Yeah. Do what you want. Just don't hurt anybody else. Yeah. Um, but I think the purpose of religion is to, you got to, you grow closer to God through that. And um, you follow those, those morals and you basically, you, you just do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, th- the thing that you said about the getting closer to God, like ties into me for like the idea of like the point of religion being to be fulfilled to have fulfillment in your life and that fulfillment will lead you to do good things right. to, for others. So when you start thinking about like, oh, there has to be this balance of morals and, and shame of like upholding things. The first thing I think of is just like, well, there's things that we uphold in religion that don't fulfill anyone 
they're only used to shape. Yeah. They have no other side. Um, and that is what is, like, the most intriguing about, like, the way that religion functions so frequently. Um, like, you say, oh, it's a, it's a sin to, to drink. Well, is it a sin yeah. to drink and enjoy it and be healthy? Or is it a sin to get drunk and hit your kids? Right. Do you want to hear a joke? Oh, uh, that, you! Oh, wow! I was gonna. I, was, <laughs> Dude, I love you so much. Hold on! Hold oh on! Hold God. on! Hold on! Yes, this is like every time. You, I was going to say. I was going to ask if you wanted to hear a joke about the drinking thing. A uh, split second before you said, "Are you gonna hit your kids?" Like, uh, that's, I want to clarify. Do you wanna hit your kids? Oh, you want to hear a joke about that? No. Yeah. You want to hear a joke? No. About, no. Yeah. Do you, do you know the difference between a priest and a pastor? What's that? The priest says hello in the liquor store. Ooh. That was told to me by a priest. That's the thing. It's like, That's no, great. actually, hang on. It might be the other way around. I don't no. really remember these days. Um, hey, it, it could go either gone. way, honestly. But the, that's that's the thing that frustrates me, Georgia. What you said about yeah. uh, there are things there there are things in the CCC, in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, that are just, I feel personally, they're just designed to uphold these old archaic traditions mm-hmm. Uh, there, you know, a lot of a lot of Catholics these days. I feel like, honestly, when I was um, still going to church regularly, I don't go to church that often. I feel bad about it. I need to get back into it. We're in the middle of the pandemic. It's okay. It's okay yeah. for not going to mass. Let's. Try, but no, but even before then, even before then, I was not going to That's church, fair. and I really wanted. I want to get back to that. I, I think it's an important part of my life. Yeah, sure. I agree. I feel the same way about about going to church. My therapist says I need to get get back to the fundamentals of me, and I feel like that's just one of those things that I've done. I loved going to Forest Hill as a kid. I feel like there's times, the thing about church for me, like one of the reasons I know it works is like I prayed for things. I prayed to St. Anthony. That's the patron saint of, of lost things. And like, like, please help me find my keys. And you find them. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, St. Anthony. But I pray for things and they work. But I also go to church and like, I it's so weird. You go to church after not going for a while and the, the sermon or like the, the homily or whatever it is, is just about you. Mm-hmm specifically I, I can't explain it it's one of those it's, it's a mystery it's crazy you open up but, your bible um, for the first time in a while it falls open to a passage that you have to read and you're like oh my goodness yes it's intriguing i love doing that i love doing that sometimes you just open the good book up and it just like you know we used to do this when i was a kid i was in high school if you open up the good book before bed read a passage and if it related to something if something resonated then like you take that with you for the week and if not you just close it yeah um and you know what that's one of those things the point of uh the rules to make people feel bad yes. yeah I think those are uh, egregious. I think they're ridiculous. I uh, my, I have a friend named JP. He's a, uh, a gay man in Wilmington who's a Christian. Mm-hmm. That's one of those things where it's like he, he was born gay. You know? yeah. that's, that's that's how I'm that a gay works. Christian. I get it. You're a gay Christian. That's Ooh. what I'm saying. It's it's like, okay, well, if God made everything and God made you the way you are, you were born gay by transitive property, God made you gay. Biology. If it was part of, if it, like, if everything is according to his will, how come you are attracted to the same sex? Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just, it's, it doesn't make well, any sense. It's, about, it's, it's, it's not about, it's not about God. It's about the power right. balance. It's about who gets to be in charge. Exactly. And, and who they get to be in charge of. And so what my, my personal theory is, is if <laughs> you're talking about like the shame thing, if you go to church and you just did something bad, you feel bad. Mm-hmm. You know. And nobody has to that come up to you. good old Catholic guilt. Yeah, nobody has to come up to you and say, oh, you're going to go to hell for a thing I know about you. You know already. Right. You knew before you went in that building. Because, like, we know what's right and wrong. Mm-hmm. We don't 
really have like there are things that we do have to be taught yet sometimes we have to unlearn things like racism or sexism or homophobia those are things that can be taught to us that we have to unlearn right but just like our, our base morals we know it's wrong to hurt people mm-hmm. and we know yes. it's wrong to steal we know it's wrong to kill we know those things are wrong and any religion will uphold those you know mm-hmm. And that's the problem is is that a lot of these folks with like the signs I mentioned earlier, they they genuinely believe they're helping you. Yeah. They they do not recognize that what they're doing is hurtful mm-hmm. to some people and they, they think that they haven't been able to unlearn and, it. And and honestly, and that's that's what makes me respect these folks. I do have respect for them. They're going out and they're evangelizing and they're they're doing what they should say, and I'm not I don't agree with right. them. I'm not saying I agree with them. I just have respect and also I respect their right to assemble. I don't get pissed off whenever I see them on, on campus or on street corners because like they, they have the right to be here. That's I'm allowed to do whatever I want. They're allowed to do whatever they want. There's something as as that I find right really intriguing about how community forms in opposition to like the guy standing in the middle of campus just yelling mm-hmm. some like slurs oh, yes. about gay people. And then you just oh, I don't watch like the slur people. just the gay people come out of the mm-hmm. woodwork and I love them. And they have these it signs so that say like, like God loves you the way you are. And, and there's nothing like there's nothing wrong with being gay. And you see all this stuff and you're like, whoa, like this one person who, who came here, maybe they thought they were doing good or maybe they just wanted to incite some, you know, bullshit. And then all these people have a genuine desire to stand up and say, no, that's not what I believe. Yeah. And look at all these people exactly. who agree with me, and that like, that that resonates with me somehow. It's it's I, you know it resonates me seeing the opposition as well, mm-hmm. but but what I'm getting at is like the only the only like, the respect I have for them is just I think they just or maybe maybe I don't really respect it maybe I don't agree with it I don't know I just I feel like they think they're doing the right thing they that's that's do. just I feel like their intentions are good and I think you have to give them mm-hmm. some credit for that but well, I just. I can't get behind all that that hatred, all that dis- distaste or um, extreme dislike. We, we know that fanaticism, at its at its core, is it, it's it's a it's a different religion almost in itself of of believing that you have the authority to save or condemn someone, and it, it's something that that is is taught to people sometimes, mm-hmm. and that's difficult. But I look at it the same way that I look at. I mean, you guys, and any of the listeners, I'm sure you've probably picked up by now, I'm not a huge fan of, of anyone who's bigoted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe that being bigoted as a whole is a learned trait that you don't know you're learning. 100%. You don't know if you're racist. You don't know if you're sexist. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you do, I mean, I don't care for you at all, obviously, but most, most people don't realize. They don't really understand what they're doing. And so I think the responsibility of... of continuing to meet it with grace when able and educate is Mm -hmm. always the best way to go absolutely yes that is the crux of what i was trying (laughs) to say george you put it better than i could have um but no i I do agree with that i'm not not backtracking at all i i didn't really agree uh that's another thing another thing i need to work on is i gotta i qualify things a lot i just qualified again a lot less lately but still well i I was i was i was mentioning we were talking about this earlier and i do want to share this it was about the polytheism Uh and the religion you know, we talked about like looking up, uh, looking in the Bible, and you find that passage, or like you go to church and you like mm-hmm. the, the homily of the sermon is about you. Like it really relates to you, resonates with you. I remember I had I was I have a friend who does a lot of tarot card readings. She does a lot of tarot card readings, and she really enjoys it. And it's like her thing. She's into spirituality and crystals and all that stuff. And I always thought it was so <laughs> stupid. I did, and I feel I feel bad about it now. I do because I was like unknowingly crap it on her thing uh and i became no better than those guys with the with Mm -hmm. the street with the signs 
um, where I was like, you know, I, I think that I'm right and you're wrong. And uh, I was kind of like, I just think it's a little ridiculous. That you, like you just you shuffle the cards and something will fall out. And it's like, oh, it's the seven pentacles and like, or like king of cups or whatever. The king I, of I, cups. I don't know. I like they it. Are. No, that, I don't know. What you, do they call them? Those are the, two uh, of the cards. So good. Those are two. Those are real cards. Okay, yeah. One that we chose. Or like the, Ta- oh, the tower. Not the, the ta- tower. Not in the reverse, tower in yeah. reverse. Oh. I don't really know what these do, uh, but she was like, she would do it and she would like look up the meanings and say like, you know, maybe it's this, maybe it's this. And uh, I was kind of like, that's, that's a little ridiculous. Like the cards just open up and that's well, that's how it works. Like, how does that work? But then like one of the things, she she read something to me and she gave me this reading. It's like, you know, I think that maybe um, the universe is trying to tell you to take a break or it's going to give you a break and you're not going to like it. And then that happened uh, a few times in different ways. And it's like, well, you know, maybe it's confirmation bias. Maybe I'm looking out for it and it didn't happen. And I was like, well... This is a pretty significant thing that made me think otherwise. Maybe like, okay, there's something happening there, but there's also something happening with the Bible. You can open, I was like, I can't hold that double standard. I can't have that double standard of, oh, the tarot cards are stupid, but I can go to church and the sermon will be about me. I can't be right. And I think other everyone is right because it's it's a little more subjective I think, than we think. I think God, quote unquote God, I, is so much bigger than like just one religion i think i think religion is a way to um like spirituality almost you're picking your own poison you're picking your own way to see and get closer to god in in the way that like for some people it's the bible for some people it's tarot cards for me in my eyes it's kind of like everything it can be it can be like this small things in life sometimes a song will come on and I'll just like hear words in that that I need to hear at that moment, and I'm like that little bit of something is also yeah. God speaking through through that because if if He can speak through a book, well, He can speak through anything. I don't think He's I I say He I don't I don't believe that God has a gender at all. That God, I think God can just be through anything, you know? Yeah, it's yeah, I, not I limited in any way. Yeah, and and I feel I feel the same way about God. I just also feel like um it fits into like my Christian beliefs. Right. Like I, I don't I don't think that God just uses the Bible. For sure. You read any Bible story and it's like, hey, I set this bush on fire for you and you're like and then you get to the twenty first century and you're like, Oh, it's only in the book. Mm-hmm. Anything outside of the book is not real, it's only in the book. Here's and you're like, oh. <laughs> here's a here's a real good question for y'all then. Do y'all think that anyone who doesn't believe the strict Christian beliefs go to hell. No, I'm not, a, I'm not an evangelical anymore. I, I don't believe, right. I don't believe in hell personally. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's the, that was the hardest belief for me to let Same. go of. Oh, it was the scariest because, thing. Because I, I needed, I needed a measuring stick for myself. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that people all around me were saving my life every single day mm-hmm. and valued my life every single day. And there were people who I had not been taught to value through the, I had not been taught to value through the church mm-hmm. and that through the church's eyes, those people were going to be eternally damned. And I looked at them and I thought, why would God send someone to save me, to, to take care of me, to make my life better if he was going to later put me through the eternal guilt of letting them burn in hell right. while I was in heaven because I said when I was nine years old, you know, I, I accept and believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior and, right. you know, mm-hmm. was raised from the dead. Um, 
and, and that was that was kind of the moment I was, I was I was like this is not this doesn't make any sense to me those are good people mm-hmm. why would they go to hell why would they go to hell um, they have the same morals that I do with a different sticker on them yeah and that's that's ridiculous um, to to assume that they would go to hell and so I stopped evangelizing to people and then over time started to let go of the guilt of not evangelizing for people and then the very craziest thing happened I ended up being a more effective evangelical when I wasn't one. Yeah. More people started telling me that they had developed an interest in Christianity or any kind of God or any kind of higher power because hearing me talk about how I wasn't an evangelical. And they're like, wow, that's really cool. And I was like, man, when I was in high school and I was like, hey, you should believe in God so you don't die. Um, it was not effective. Really pushes people and then me away. being like, here I am doing my best to follow the tenets of the religion that I hold dearly to me, uh-huh. despite the fact that it had been used for hate, and then it actually became effective? That's crazy. Yeah. It's almost like shame and guilt is not a good tactic. Huh, who would have thunk it? I feel like it's it's more effective if you actually go, if you seek God yourself. Yeah. And you want to, and just honestly improve your community. I think that, honestly, you ask about religion, it's like, what's it all about? I don't really know. But I, I feel like, uh, like you said, if, if I take someone who's non-religious and make them go to church. They're going to go to appease me. They're not going right. to go because they're yeah. seeking something for themselves. So that's, that's all you can do is just point them in the direction. You yeah. can't make them do anything. And that's what I struggled with. I was a kid. Like I was also the same way, George. I was like, yeah, you know, I told my sister once she was going to hell. I was a young kid. <laughs> I didn't really know any better. Yeah. My mom was kind of like, I was on the way to school. My mom was like, Connie, you can't, can't do that. You can't be doing that. She was like, shut <laughs> up. Yeah. So like, you know. I was like, well, you can go to hell. She's like, Connor, don't say that. That's not okay. And I was like, oh, I don't understand. She's like, well, they teach you that at Catholic school. Or maybe, like, maybe they did. Maybe they did get that impression from Catholic school. And it was just like, that. I did just tell my sister to go to hell. Or not not, or not to go to hell. I did tell her that she was going to go to hell. And it's like... The worst place imaginable. I just didn't know any better. The worst place imaginable because she uh, didn't agree right. with something I yeah. said. Which is very similar to what we see at large, kind it, of. Exactly. And I, I feel yeah. like... Uh, that's what bothers me. That's what me personally bothers me about religion. I think religion is great when it's used for your personal growth and or like building a community. That's what I see it as because for me, I, I think, you know, instead of going to church, I just have spiritual conversations with people and talk to them about it. And I feel God there because even in the Bible, it says if two or more are gathered in their name, then God is there. And I think, yeah that can totally be seen in anyone's life. Honestly, it doesn't have to be just a, in a religious setting, but that is what it is there for. It's for building that community. It's for finding other people with the same morals and the same ideas and the same beliefs as you. Mm -hmm. With the, with the common goal of, of making the world a better place. Exactly. Yeah. So been a great conversation. I've had a great time. Uh, Me too. But Connor, I want to ask the last, the last two questions. We always, we always end on these two. Um, so I'll go ahead and just, Ask the first one, Connor, what is the meaning of life? I think it's to experience and improve the community Mm -hmm. that you're in. And uh, honestly, just don't hurt others and enjoy yourself. That's so good. I I love it. I like that a lot. Perfect. That's wonderful. And just try to to improve your surroundings and, and try to... It's it's like that that rule of like okay you use use someone how use somebody's house to shoot a movie, leave yes, it in better yeah, condition exactly, than where you found yeah. it. 
That's that that is the purpose of life, I think. Make those make those little improvements where you can grow and change. I think that's good. That's wonderful. I will close out this wonderful conversation with my favorite question, mm-hmm. which is what is the best advice that you have ever received? Oh my god. <laughs> Thinking about it too hard, I think. I don't know. You know what? Miss Swinney's coming to mind, my, my percussion teacher. I interviewed her uh, for this for this project I was working on, but I asked her like, you know, what's what's some advice you would give to anybody? It was for a public speaking thing, and she goes like, "Never be afraid to be who you are," um, and that's the one thing that's coming to yeah. mind right now. There's so much other great advice, and like I said before, I don't pick favorites. But Miss Swinney said, "Never be afraid to be who you are," and I think uh, that ties that ties us back into like that the whole deal about confidence and making mistakes is I think you need to always do your best and not always try to be the best. Just, just do your best personally and recognize that the race is against yourself. Um, actually, yeah, I'm gonna put that one down. No, I don't know. Connor, Connor, there's so much good advice. advice. I, I think you went with what your gut was telling you, what was coming to mind. And it was really, really good advice. That's what I'm thinking too. I think that's great. I agree. This has been a wonderful conversation. Absolutely. Thank you yeah, so much thank for you. joining us. Thank this you. This has been delightful. Oh, gosh. Uh, it was so much fun. Can we, can we do it again sometime? Next time, hopefully, in, 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 we'll do it in person and you'll oh, make soup. that'd be great. In person, please. Oh, oh yes. Wait, I'll make cookies. I'll make cookies and soup. Also, guys, um, you've. I just want to say, I don't know if this is still going to make it in the final cut. You two have inspired me. I want to make my own podcast. Yes, I would love to hear your review That'd movies. be awesome. That would be a delight. All right, this has been a wonderful uh, episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. As always, uh, it's a it's a joy to make these episodes for you Absolutely. every week, even with the the stress of life kind of uh, swarming around it's, us. It's um, like a like a little glimmer of light in my week where I'm just like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we still get to do this, and I, it's my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really appreciate you guys, and I appreciate both of you for being here today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, we'll see you next yeah. week. And until then, I guess, uh, uh, drink some coffee or something. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bye, guys. Am I, am, I, am I good to stop it? Okay.